This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So we read a little bit from the Abbas Chaim. Hashem al Avram, al Avram, go for yourself, not for me, for you. from your land, from your birthplace, and from your father's house. Hello, to the land that I will show you. I'm not telling you where to go. Ooh. Could you get me a Makros Kedolos? Could you get me from the other room a Makros Kedolos Beratius? I have to tell you a Klayakar that is amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, so uh, really the Klayakar is on the words. Asher um, Eka, Hashem doesn't tell him where to go. What schlepped him to Eretz Yisrael? He didn't tell him where to go. He just said... To the land that I'll show you, what schlepped them to Eretz Yisrael? Why did he end up going to Eretz Yisrael? The unbelievable Mekhlayaka uh, on this week's parsha. My father was a very big lover of Eretz Yisrael. He always learned Pashat Lechlech of this Mekhlayaka. Um, I forgot what he called it. He had a nickname for this Mekhlayaka, whatever. All right, we're waiting for him, of course. Gidailais. Beautiful. So, listen to this Klayaka. An eye-opener, so for all you who are listening and falling asleep, this is an eye-opener, eye-opener, an eye-opener. It's the first Klayaka. Um, the first Klayaka in this parasha. So he says like this. Why does the Torah have to tell you that Hashem said, leave your land, your birthplace, and your father's house? It should have just said, Hashem said to go to the land I'm going to show you. If Hashem is saying, go to the land, I'm going to show you, He's telling you to leave where you are. So why the Prophet have to say, leave your house, leave your family? Hashem should have just said, go to the land, I'm going to show you automatically. He's leaving all those places. Everyone understand the Kasha? What is the passing missing? Okay. Lama, Hiske, Pratin, why does the Pasuk have to talk details? Doesn't sound like what Rashi is saying that go for yourself, it's for your Hanah. Okay. Hashem was doing this the way you teach a child. If the kid can't handle it, like, like um, sometimes people have to go to rehab for a year. You tell them you have to go to rehab for a year, they're not going. You tell them you have to go to rehab for 30 days. Okay. The 29th day, you're like, eh, you think you need a little bit more. You don't put them up front with like, you gotta go for a year. Because no one's going for a year. Like kids in camp, right? They're homesick, so you tell them, oh, you only have to go first half. You don't have to go second half. If you tell him he has to go the whole summer, eight weeks, he's not going. And then towards the end of the first half, it's like, ah, oh, you really having a good time? All right, I'll stay. So he's saying over here, the Kashbach who brought it, broke it into, okay, go leave your land. Well, that's pretty hard, but all right. I can handle that. Also, uh, at the same time, you're going to have to leave your birthplace. You know, your language, you speak English. Oh, my birthplace, my land. Okay, as long as I have my family. Oh, and obey Savicha, you're going to have to leave your family. Right? So he's saying, it's like, like a little kid. I am Kalcha also like Gibba Chalukas. Kimichila, because you met Allah's First, he asked him to leave his land. Okay, it's not a big request. 
It's not that much, this land, that land. I can live on any land. It's not, it's not so hard. Then he said, now you have to leave your birthplace. Those are all his friends. And then he said, after that, now you got to leave your family. So you got to leave your... But Hashem did it in that order so that he would break it to him in the three ways. This is a very deep Klayakar and full of psychology. Klayakar says the following. Klayakar says there's a fourth thing. Your, your, your birthplace, your land, your birthplace, and your father's house. He said there's a fourth place that a person needs to leave. Anyone have any idea what that is? Huh? Yourself. Ki adam karayv noisev noisev al shleishim in a kurva elu yesh kurva revieth. There's something closer to a person than his birthplace, his land, and his parents. Ki adam karav etzel atzma yesim b'kol shleishim in a kurva. A person is closer to himself than any one of those other three. Akain. So this is what my father used to always read to us, and this is very important. So what does this mean? He says that a person, right, was created. You know where the where the offer Hashem took the offer to create the human being? First human being. Where did the dirt come from? From Har Maria. We were created on Har Maria. The world was created on Har Maria. The 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 Eved the stone that the whole world was created from, is on Har Maria. The Akedas Yitzchak was on Har Maria. The Torah, I saw the Medrash that says that Hashem took Har Maria and put it under Har Sinai. The Torah was also on on. Um, so the world was created. The human was created. The Torah was given. It was a very very stark amount. Shtaka mountain. So the Kleokra says that this mountain, being that in physics, going back to last week, everything goes back to its source. Right? You come from off, you go back to Afar. Everything goes back to its source. So every person physically was created from Haramaria, which is the Makkah Hamegdash. So it answers a very big question that Rabbi Wallstein had all these years. The Klayakar answers a ridiculous question. Many times I've sat by the Kaisel on a Friday night or other times. And there are hundreds and th- or maybe thousands of Japanese and Chinese and all kinds of people, Nigeria, blacks, whites, everything, Goyim, not Jews, who come to the Kaisal and they stand there, if you ever saw them, and they're just like in awe, and they're just like quiet, and like, I'm like, you have zero relationship with the Kaisal. It's not, it's not a, it's, it's a wall that was built in the base of Egypt for the Jews. What does a Chinaman have to do with the Kaisal? What, what's the draw? What's the draw? I sit there Friday night, these guys are staying there, from like, even from Germany, from wherever, put their hand on and they're really, no, really, they're really into it. Like, and sometimes I see them crying, put a little paper in it. What's the draw? What is the Chinaman? What's the draw? It's a, it's a broken down wall with some weeds in it. Like, what does he see? And the answer is that every human being was created from the offer of Har Maria. And being that we always return to our source, even the Gaim, when they're standing on where the castle, which is Har Maria, there's a pull. It's like a magnetic pull. My father always learns us this Klayaka. He called it the Tzionistika Klayaka because it talks about going back to Eretz Yisrael and being drawn back to Eretz Yisrael. So that's the answer. All these guys that stand there in awe and they're like, uh, not even taking pictures. Just the source of the human being is Har Maria. And therefore, Hashem did not need to tell Avraham where to go. Because automatically, I always say that to have a really good relationship with Hashem, it's sort of like a sailboat. And you got to put up your sail 
If the wind comes from the east, you blow east. If it comes from the west, you blow west. You Throw in your stuff in the wind. And it'll blow you where you need to be. And this week's parsha, once he was able to shed his connections, we'll see in Chaim, he shedded his earthly connections. He was free to be drawn to his physical and spiritual source, which was Har Maria, which was Eretz Yisrael. That's why Hashem didn't have to tell him where to go, because you're going to go back to where you come from. And that's where we come from. That's what he says. He says, I wrote in Pashas of Ayikra, in Bereshish, a Hara Maria, ki Adam in Konkofate Nivra, from the dirt of Hara Maria, he was created, Bereshish Rabbah. U Makairai, a human being's Makar, what's the Makar in English? Source. Right? Makairai min Hara Maria, ki Bisham Lakachafrai. And his spiritual source is from the Sulam, the ladder that goes up and down that he dreamt of Yaakov when he was on Har Maria. They go up and down in the That's where the body was born and created for, and that's where the Neshama comes down from Shemayim to go into the flood, into the baby. He's closer to himself than anyone else. And that's why, by the Akedah, Hashem had to use the same words, Lech Lecha El Maria. For him to get to the level of being able to bring a carbon, he had to get out of himself. There he told him where to go. Al Hara Maria. But he had to get out of himself. So the same Lashon Hashem uses here, he uses there. By that case, that's Yitzchak. You have to remove yourself in your relationships in marriage and your relationships, all your relationships, you have to get yourself out of the way. You have to remove yourself. He says, that's the unspoken one. Atzecha, your land, your birthplace, your parents. The unspoken one is lech lecha. Get out of yourself. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, but that kedu doesn't say either. It says el eretz hamaria, but doesn't say exactly. Here he didn't tell him, and there he didn't tell him. By nefesh, he did, Hashem didn't want to tell him that's where your nefesh comes from. That's where your neshama. Hashem wanted to see the magnetic pull that he would come on his own. Why didn't Avram know this? Because he was in Chutzlaretz, and ain't had nevuah shere There's no nevuah, so we only got this whole message when he got there as Yisrael that I need to get out of myself. And that the neshama and the guf come from the same place, from Har Maria. What? He had to. He wouldn't be able to do the akeda. Come out right to remove himself from the parsha. Yeah, 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 it's not ridiculous. We're all drawn, that's why my father said he had a big draw to throw, that it comes from this, this, because it's armor car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you stand on Hara Maria, it's not stam. Not only because the base of Midrash is there, because, because what's it called? Um, um, the, the base of Midrash wasn't there when Yaakov went and he had to come back. That's where Avram Davin, it's like Davin, so the Kudusha was there from the beginning of the world. The Arabs have the tip of the Evan Shasriya.
on the, in the golden mosque. A little piece of it sticking out of the ground. So that's my father's Sionistic, he called it the Sionistic Kleoka, that everyone's pulled there. So it's true. You see, you know, everyone goes for seminary and things like that. It's just, you're just in a different space. The minute you get off that plane, you're in a different space. And then you shall you? You're in a different space. And then when you get to the Kaisal, you're in a totally different space. Totally. Huh? Who? Me? I spend a lot of time there. That's my, uh, that's my place to recharge. That's my outlet is in the wall. There's nothing better. There's nothing in the world. Whatever I learn, I say, I say, uh, what's called, um, in the morning, it's called Chaykli Yisrael. It's like a little piece of everything. Say Tehillim. It's beautiful. I'm just, you know. But it's a, it's a, there's a certain pull. There's a magnet. Look at the guy in there sitting there. It's so, what, what is it? You have nothing to do with this. No connection. But there is a connection. The Chinese were created from there too. All right. So he has a very deep, um, a very deep Kabbalistic translation of Lech Lecha. Abbas Chaim, who was a big more Kabbalist. He says the following. Hashem says to the soul, that's underneath before he sends it down to this world, he says, It's time to leave Gan Eden. Go down to the world, become low, and go into the body that you're supposed to. That's mitachas kanfei eshkina. We we were created. We base avicha. That's under my kisa covered. Where where are you going, little neshama? El aretz haynu haguf to the earth, which is the guf. Shara shayroyalach to the guf that you deserve. So you can keep mitzvahs saying lo tzasev eschol gadol. If you do the right mitzvahs, you're going to make a lot of malachim kedoshim, and you'll have a whole big nation. When's the second time a person dies? You leave the world. You leave your birthplace. You leave your family. You leave everybody to the place that that you get what you deserve. What you did in this world. I want to talk a little bit, two things. Two things. An unbelievable Rashi in this parsha. What a Rashi, what a Rashi. Oy. We could tell our kids about this Rashi. It would change their lives. Talk about this Rashi. The life-changing Rashi. So at the end of the parsha, in Pasuk of Dalit, Perik Yudzayan, Abraham was 99 years old when he got the bris Behimolo means when he was circumcised. What does that mean when he was circumcised? He circumcised himself. No, it's not Rashi. Zog Rashi. Not the Abraham Sakin. Abraham took a knife. Right? What do they call that in English, the thing they use for the bris? Huh? No, it has a certain name. Okay, whatever. He took a knife. And he grabbed onto the arla. And he wanted to cut, do the bris meal and cut it off. He was scared. Why was he scared? He was old. His hands were shaking. What Hashem do? Shalach Yadai Hashem sent down his hand, and he held on to it together with him. Shenema he said every morning, Becharais Imo Habris. Lo Nema Ela Imo Bereshit Rabo. 
Yeah. So first of all, when you're teaching kids that are struggling or kids that are not struggling, like, listen, you're scared? You're scared you're not going to be successful? You're scared to go to a new yeshiva? You're scared it's not going to work out? Abraham Avinu was a lot bigger than you are, than you ever will be. Avraham Avinu. And Shefala, Chaim David Meir, Yehuda. Avraham was scared. It's a Rashi. What? Avraham wasn't scared. He wasn't scared of anything. He fought the five kings. Hey, he wasn't scared. What do you mean he was scared, right? He was an old man. He was doing a circumcision on himself. His hands were shaking. He was scared. The Avois Avuseinu were human. Just as human as us, except they took their humanity and they connected to their spirituality and they took it to a different level. But yes, guys out there that are listening, guys that are scared, Avram was scared. To the point, he wasn't doing the bris. Look at what she says. He wanted to cut He did it. He was scared. So Hashem comes. This is like a whole share, by the way. Hashem comes, doesn't do the bris for him. Says Avram Avinu, you have to do the bris. I'm not doing it for you. But I'll hold your hand that it doesn't shake. Godless. I'll hold your hand that is in shape, but I'm not doing it for you. Now, had Hashem done the bris for him, it would have healed right away. He wouldn't have had the three days, sick, all that stuff. Hashem would have done the bris, it would have healed immediately. But Hashem said, to grow in this world, to, to become who you need to be, you have to do it. Nobody else can do it for you. I talk about this all the time. I can coach you, but I've never seen a coach get off the bench and be the fifth man in the game. He's a coach. And if you don't want to do the work, I'm not going to hold your hand. Because if I hold your hand, I'm enabling you. And if I'm enabling you, there's no growth. Even though you would have been healed forever of Ramavino, Hashem said, you're going to suffer because you have to do the brismila. Not The mitzvah is not for Hashem to do the brismila. The mitzvah is for him to do the mitzvah. There was a, a rabbi that an old, old man came to the door and he gave him money. And the, his grandson was with him and his grandson, when the man left, looked at his grandfather and said, I think that was Elior Navi. You know what kids are. I think that was Elianovi. And the grandfather looked down and said, I really hope not. And the kid said, what? Don't you want Elianovi? He says, Elianovi doesn't need money. I want to do a mitzvah of helping a poor person. I hope it wasn't him. Stay. You have to do it. You have to do the action. The problem today is everybody wants their hand to be held. And they, they, not only that, they want the, they want, not that they have to be held, they want you to do it for them. There has to be all kinds of, 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 all kinds of shenanigans online to make sure that when people do college reports, they don't steal from online, you know, reports. Whatever. I don't know how they check them, but they can check whatever it is. You have to, sometimes your hand shakes and you're nervous and you're scared. You still have to do it. Uh, we'll help you. We'll coach you. We'll nurture you, but you still have to do it. You have to make the change. You have to want it. You have to, you have to want it. You have to need it. You have to do it. Can't do it for you. This is a fantastic, powerful Rashi. So Shem made a hand, sort of what his hand. I don't know what that means exactly. He didn't do the wrist. He just held his hand. He said, your hand's shaking. You're old. That's why you're scared. I'll hold your hand. But I'm not doing it for you. I feel very much that my high school, the things that I do, are very much that psychology. I'll help you, I'll nurture you, I'll give you whatever you need to do it, 
end of the day, you've got to take the test. I'm not taking your readings for you. Not, first of all, I'm not going to do so well, but even if I could, I'm not, I can't take your readings for you. You have to, you have to take your readings. You want to go to Olam Haba, you want to go to Ganeda, you have to do the mitzvah. I can't do the mitzvah for you. You have to do the mitzvah. If you're very, very scared, you'll get stabbed in the Shema that Hashem will help you. Yeah. What? It says he was very old. Therefore, his hands must have been shaking. If you want to be loved, as you could say that he's scared, maybe he wouldn't do it kosher. But that's not what it says. It says. It doesn't say because he was scared. I don't know. It, it might be that he felt he wouldn't do it kosher. Whatever it was, whether it was he's going to hurt himself, or because he was shaking, or he wouldn't do the mitzvah correctly, he did not know. Does not not al not al Avraham Sakin. He went into he got himself a knife. Ochaz bar He took the orla. We wrote He wanted to cut it. and he couldn't do it. He was scared. imo. Not Ba'achaz, said Rashi. Because Emo, he held him, he held it together with him. He said, I got your hand, man. I got your hand. It's not going to shake. And, and you know, I would say, Abraham, the big talent was, maybe he wasn't scared of getting hurt. He was just scared of messing up the mitzvah. Probably. But he doesn't say this. He doesn't say that. So Hashem understands what, that you're scared. And, he, and, and no matter how big, how big a person you are, Abraham Avinu was bigger and he was scared. I did a few, I did a few, I was a Sandik for Rabbi, for Rabbi Reich, a few times, 46-year-old Russian man, 55-year-old Russian man, these guys are not normal. It's, it's an operation, man, and, it's, it's, and, and they're like, no anesthesia, just vodka. I was there. So, I heard somebody say, we know that Yishmael Taina is, his Taina is, uh, you Jews, you mal you your babies by force. They're only eight days old. We Muslims, we mal by 13. At 13, the guy could say no, he could run away. And we don't. That was your taina. Our answer back is, oh, really, 13? We got guys that are doing it at 56 and 60. That's right. This generation is the answer back to Yishmo. There's a lot of Russian people getting bismillahs at much, much older ages. That was the whole thing, right? That was the whole thing with the Nisayan. I'll give my whole body, not just that. This is a beautiful... I think every person should learn this Rashi with their kids. I think everyone should learn this Rashi with their kids. You need to know that Hashem is there for you and He'll hold on to your hand and, and don't be scared of being scared because Avraham Avinu was scared. I think every kid needs to know that. Don't paint them like they were Malachim because then what am I going to learn from them? And if you're scared, Hashem sees you're holding on, you want to do it, He was wanted to do it, Hashem will hold your hand, so whatever that means, metaphorically. And he'll make sure that you won't you won't be you won't you'll be able to do it, you won't be scared. Okay, there's another subject I want to talk about a little bit because it came to uh, it came to my desk a few to- many times this week, whether it was an email or with a with a phone call. I'm not getting into the whole twisted parenting thing because I just But there are a lot of people out there that are from normal homes. And normal, have normal kids and are being pressured by people who are doing this, you know, unconditional love, which is not, we learned last week, is not unconditional love. It's very conditional. I'll do this if you talk to me and if we have a relationship. If they knew up front they wouldn't have a relationship anyway, they wouldn't do it. So it's not unconditional love. Unconditional love means I will love you even if you don't like me for it. Even if you spit me in the face, but I know that I saved your life. It doesn't matter, spit me in the face. It's unconditional love. No conditions. You like me, you don't like me, I love you. It doesn't make a difference. But it seems to be that there's a lot of posts, a lot of posts, a lot of posts. And some of these posts are of rabbis who are giving haskamas for these kids eating chazer and sleeping, you know, buy him a big mattress so he can sleep with his girlfriend. It's like, 
it's so out of control. It's like not, it's not normal. But as long as it affected the people who were, who needed it, whatever. But now, I got many women called me very upset this week. It seems to you they posted some big rub who said it's okay, but it's manipulated. And 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 these women were saying it's manipulated, Rabbi. You have to watch it. It's in Yiddish and it's manipulated. And then and you know again, if you ask any rabbi, and that's what you show that you know a kid's going to die. If I don't give him chazer, you have to give him chazer. I say the same thing. But saying that a kid's going to die if he wants a, an iPhone and you say no, to say that's going to end up in death, is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. But the good people now are calling me the like Ray Wallstein. You have to, you have to go to the rabbis. You have to get letters. You have to do, you have to do videos against it. I'm like, no. I don't watch videos. I don't do videos. I, I like to think highly of Rabbanim. I don't want to hear Rabbanim that I hold out great saying you should eat chazer and you should do these things. So I don't want to get into that whole thing. And, you know, what's the question that's exactly asked? Is there any rub that would say that if your kid asks you for an iPhone, right, you should give him chazer and whatever else he wants? Because if you say no, he's going to go off. You know, there are, there are, there are, there are many suicides in the last two years no one has been able to produce a, a suicide note that says, I am going to kill myself because my parents didn't buy me an iPhone. I'm going to kill myself because my parents didn't buy me a Trefa Frank. I'm going to kill myself because my parents didn't let me sit at the Shabbos table with my phone on. The suicide notes that were written is, I am in so much pain because of the sexual abuse and the physical abuse and the emotional abuse that I have gone through, that I cannot deal with my pain anymore, and I need to get out of my pain. Yes, that has been written, and that is true. That It is so much pain that some people can't live with that pain, and we can't even understand that pain. And But nobody ever wrote, I'm jumping, I'm, 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 I'm going to hurt myself, because my parents didn't buy me a burger, or didn't make my bed so my girlfriend could sleep in it. It's ridiculous. But... If to say no, my kid wants to be Mechal Shabbos, and I, and I don't let him, and therefore he's going to get depressed, which is going to lead him to marijuana, which is going to lead him to heroin, which is going to lead him to an overdose, which is going to lead him to die. So then it's Pikuach Nefesh, if it's Pikuach Nefesh, then you have to let him do all this stuff. Then, but then everything is Pikuach Nefesh. So the terrorist says you're not allowed to wear shotness. But I just bought a beautiful new New York Yankee, who was hoping World Series jacket, and it's full of shotness. Well, if you don't let me wear this jacket, Hashem, of shotness, I'm going to get depressed. And I'm going to smoke marijuana. And I'm going to do heroin. And I'm going to die. So every mix with the Torah, if you say, according to this whole thing, is that if you say no to a kid about anything, that's what it's become. You say no to your child, he's going to die. Nobody died over these things. People die over a lot of pain. That somebody sexually abused them, yeah, they, they, that can kill you. Or mentally or emotionally abuse you, yeah, that can kill you. But not getting a cheeseburger didn't kill anybody. It's ridiculous. So, lo, lo, so my phone doesn't stop ringing, and everybody wants me to get involved, and I'm not. The, the, so, 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 no, so, so the, it's not fear. To so the regular people who are bringing up regular kids, they don't know. This rabbi said, I. I should give him chaser, and, and therefore I feel guilty. To Rabbi Wallstein, he, he wants a, he, he he's fourteen years old, and he wants a, a, a phone, right, with everything on it, no filters. What should I do? I'm like, what do you, what do you think you should do? I don't know. They're saying my my neighbors who are in this twisted parenting are saying that if I don't give him the phone, I'm going to have blood on my hands. Rabbi Wallstein, I don't want to kill my child. What should I do? I'm like. This is getting out of hand. This is ridiculous. You're killing your child because you told him that you can't have a phone with no filters? Killing your child? So, so the people who want to go there and believe in it, do whatever you want. But don't, don't make the normal people who want to bring up their children don't make them feel bad. That's not fair. That's not fair. I'll tell you a story that happened to me I was 25, 35 years ago, 35 years ago. I had a customer, 
Henry's Fish. A Jewish guy had a fish store. He sold trace and kosher fish on 18th Avenue, corner of 60th Street, next to the gas station. I went into selling bags. Very nice guy. He wasn't from, he was open on Shabbos, but he liked me. And we used to talk about God and stuff like that. One day, he hired a born-again, whatever they call him, Seventh-day Adventist. I don't know exactly what it was. And this guy was telling him that the whole Jewish religion is not right, and he found God and Yashka and everything. And So Henry started to bother me about it. Mike, his name was Mike. It was called Henry Tristor. Mike started to bother me about it. And he's like, you know, Rabbi, maybe they're right. So I want you, I was very young, I was 25 years old, I, was, I just started teaching, I didn't know anything. He said, he said, I want you to come back Friday, when this guy, when, they're very, when he's here, and I want to meet in the back with you and him, and I want you guys to have a big cool, you know, to, I, and, and I'll tell you the truth, he said, Mike said, if this guy wins, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm going to go his way. I was like, I, I, I didn't have any practice or any ideas of, of Kirov or anything. I had no answers. But it was like Thursday and he wanted me to come Friday. And I was like, what am I going to do? How do you prepare yourself for something like this? I, I'm not an Isha Torah. This is when for any of these things were existed. Okay. I dominated my Shem. I remember down in Shachas. I'm like, Hashem, don't make a fool out of me. But I wasn't a rabbi. I was a Rebbe. I was, I was just starting. So we go into the back room. This, now these guys are like, they're missionaries. They're the sweetest. Shook my hand. Hi, Rabbi. I'm so curious about your religion. Oh, he was the sweetest, the sweetest guy you ever met in your life. I was like, maybe I'll convert. Like, wow. This guy was like really nice. So he says, so Mike says, so Rabbi, who should speak first? I'm like, let him speak first. I don't know anything about his religion. Right? So I, 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 let him speak first. He seems to know a lot about mine. They study our stuff. So he says, listen, um, God created the world, and he had a son, and Nazareth, and Mary, and Yashka, and whole story, and that the denial of the Jews murdered him, and the denial of the Jews believing in him is what's holding back the Messiah, and that's why there's strife, and disease, and, da, 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 and cancer, and whatever. This whole speech, and that when the Jewish nation will accept the Messiah, Yashka, then the world will change, and God will come back, and da, da, da. What am I supposed to say, right? He said, okay, Rabbi, what do you say? I said, I, I, I don't know your religion. I hear what you're saying. But I'm going to tell you this. You see, Jews, we, we're different than the rest of the world. First of all, we don't do retail. We, don't, we only do wholesale. I said, Mike, well, the old Jewish ladies, right? They don't want to talk to your workers. They're like... Who owns the store? My fish, what? They don't, Jews want to, I want to meet the owner, the old ladies. I want to meet who's the owner. Last week the fish wasn't good. And the workers and the managers are like, okay, we'll take care of you. No, I'm not moving till I see the owner. We like to meet that. So number one, you believe in God is the top and then he had a son, whatever you believe in. But we don't deal with the in-between guys. That's number one. We, we deal with God. We deal with the in-between guy if he exists, right? I didn't want that to even come out of my mouth, but I said, number two, I said, let me ask you something. I'm saying, if you're right, I don't believe that you're right. I don't believe in him. We don't believe in him. If you're right, and I come up to the next world, I'm a Jew, practicing Jew, and you're right, there is someone, a son of God, which we don't believe in, but you believe in, and he's standing there. He's like, Palestine. You Jewish? I'm like, yeah. He says, your whole life, 120 years you lived, you never came to church. You never prayed to me. You never crossed yourself. You never baptized yourself. You never did the water or the wafer. I would say, well, what I did do is serve your father. You don't believe in the fifth commandment? You're who you are. You have to believe in the Ten Commandments. I said, so you're going to punish me if you do exist, I'm telling you, if he does exist. 
you're going to punish me for serving your father, then you're not real. Because that means you don't believe in the Ten Commandments. I said, so the Jews, we have an answer. And if we're right, and I'm sure we are right, we come up, God says, you came to shul, you fasted, you kept Shabbos, we're good. I said, well, let me ask you something. I said, if you're right, great, you went to church, you did everything you went. I said, but what happens if you're wrong? Your religion is wrong. And you come up to the next world, and God's like, where were you? Oh, I went to church. I have a son? You blasphematizing that I, God, the creator of the world, had a son? So you guys are finished. So if you're wrong, you're done, you're fried. If I'm wrong, nothing lost. See, we hedge our stuff. This guy, who was so sweet to me, said a four-letter, you blanking, blanking Jew, this is the problem with all you... Holy cow, he went from zero to 140. And Henry, Mike, was standing there, and he watched this guy curse me. And Mike said, get out of my blankets. He wasn't really a store. Would you ever come back here? You're fired. I got him to keep, like, two Shabbats and three Shabbats, but it didn't last. But he didn't go to the other side. Why am I telling you this? So to all the people who called me this week and sent me emails, by not helping your children do a virus, you're hedged. Then you come to the next world, and Hashem's like, why didn't you give this kid, your son, chazer? Why didn't you buy him drugs? Why didn't you let him have a room with a girl in your house and all your other kids can see it. And you're like, Hashem, I have a Torah. I have Torah mitzvahs. My child wasn't jumping off a bridge. If someone's jumping off a bridge and he says he wants chazer, you have to give him chazer. Even though that chazer, after you save his life, you have to work on that the chazer was metamptum as a slave. At the end of the day, it's metamptum as a slave anyway. But, but the parent who brings up your child with love and mitzvahs and Torah, and true love means, even if you don't talk to me, I'm going to make sure you go to Gan Eden. I'm going to make sure you're going to sit in the Ziv HaShchina with Avrami and Yaakov. I'm going to make sure that you come back and Tchir Samethim. That's the child you gave me, Hashem. I did the best that I could. So even if I was wrong, and I should have bought him Chazer, and these guys are right, I did the best that I could. I didn't do anything wrong. And of course, if I'm right, Hashem's like, I'm a third partner. Thank you for taking care of my child. I said, but all the twisted things, all the twisted stuff, if you're right, that because a kid said, if you, I'm going to go off the derech if you don't do the, and you gave him, and you gave, you did all these Averis and you helped him, the parents helped him do Averis, helped him into hell, helped him into Gehenna. If you're right, yay. Good for you. But if you're wrong, if you're wrong, and a Kodesh Baruch Hu is standing here and saying, I gave you a child. What did you do? You helped them get kares? Misa? You helped them sleep with a nida? You helped them eat chazer? You helped them be mechal Shabbos? You helped them to do kenegah ha If this is wrong, if twisted parenting is wrong, you're done. So what do you, why are you taking this chance? If you're right, but if you're wrong, the people who bring up their children normally, untwisted, straight parenting, if you're wrong, you're okay. And if you're right, you're very okay. Why would you take the chance? Hashem give us a Torah. I can't say, right, that Hashem, if you don't let me do what I want, I'm going to get depressed. I'm going to start doing heroin. I'm going to start doing drugs. The heter of the heter of pekuach nefesh is when the person's about to jump. It's not. Well, this is going to cause that. Which is going to cause this? Which going to cause that? How do you know that? How do you know that? Who committed suicide? That wrote, I committed suicide because my parents wanted me to wear a skirt. 
Because my parents wanted me to have a filter on my phone. Because my parents wanted me to eat kosher. I, I know the kids who committed suicide. And it came from, yes, yeah, sexual abuse, yeah. Mental abuse, dysfunction, oh yeah. Emotional abuse, oh yeah. Being put down, being pushed away, 100%. But not over a phone. Not if you don't buy me a phone, I'm not going to school anymore. That's what every kid is saying. It's a, it's a free-for-all. So I'm not talking, I am not talking to Twisted Parenting right now. I'm not talking to you guys. It's, it's your decision. It's your life. You want to take that chance. Do what you want to do. You have rabbis that say you should do it. I don't know that. I, I, I don't know. I haven't been there by the questioning. I don't want to know because I have respect for these rabbis. So I don't want to hear them say things that don't make sense to me. So it's better off that they should say what they have to. And I don't know how the questions are presented. I wasn't there. I'm not talking to any of them. Whatever you want to do, do whatever you want to do. It's your, it's your life. It's your kids. It's your business. But the parents that are not buying into it, stand tall, stand strong. Because no matter what, after 120 years, you try to bring your child into Ganeiden. And the way you get into Ganeiden is not with Averis. The way you get into Ganeiden forever to sit in Hashem's light is with mitzvahs. It's with doing the right thing. Even in Sakonis Nefashas, when you have to give someone trade, it has an effect, as we learned last week. Every action has a reaction. So yes, you have a mitzvah to save his life. But at the same time, he's not the same person. He tasted trace. Not, he's not the same person. Like the guy who davens, my wife shouldn't give birth on Shabbos. I, I'm a, I'm a, I have a head to be a Mechal Shabbos, but I was a Mechal Shabbos with a head there. Who wants to sit in a taxi driving on Shabbos? And it was, I never had, I never in my life, I got phone calls this week that were not normal. You have to get up. You have to put in the papers. I'm like, no, this is not. I'm here to help children that are struggling. I'm not here to go against this movement and, 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 and what's it called movement and, and uh, the other movement that they have in Williamsburg, footsteps. And Walsing's not here. It's not, it's not, I don't want to get sidetracked. I'm here to help kids. And man, let me tell you, in the last couple of weeks, it is not 12-year-olds, 12-year-old girls, sick stuff. It is so out of control. It's a magaifa. It's a magaifa. It's not, I hate to say this, it's out of control. There's no one, until Mashiach comes, I don't believe that anyone can put, can put this back into control. It is out of control. It's a, it's a flood. Save as many people from drowning as you can. Will people drown? Absolutely. It's a magaifa. I'm in it. I'm, I, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overpowered. I don't even think now that, that we can stop this. It's just going and it's flowing and it's happening and kids are dropping, whether it's heroin or just going off to Derek or 12-year-old kids doing things that are, 12-year-old girls that are doing things to get a, an electric cigarette, stuff like this, stuff that I don't even know, I don't even know how to deal with. It is so rampant in the glacial world. They're saying if Trump doesn't take care of the heroin thing, He's, he's, he's going to lose the half of America. It's crazy. It's out of control everywhere. It's in my gay fun. How much of it is because of the friends? Because of what? Because of the friends that are hanging around us. You know, there, 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 there are so many kids that are telling their parents at 13, 14, 15, I'm not going to school. I'm done. And the parents are like, well, what should I do? And they're like, if you touch me and try to force me to go to school, I'll call the cops. I am not going to school. I'm done. So what are you going to do? I'm not doing nothing. What are you going to do about it? All the time, all they want. So what are you going to do, parent? What are you going to do to me? What are you going to answer them? What are you going to do to them? Beat them up? You're not allowed to. Punish them? What's the punishment? They run away. There's no answer. There's just no answer. We never talk like that to our parents. There's no answer. Remember, the kid tells you, not going to school unless you buy me an iPad, iPod, a phone, no filters. Not going to school. What are you going to do about it? What? That's, just, that's, that's, that's not a friend. That's, just, that's, kind of, that's the whole world. That's the whole world right now. Do whatever I want, when I want, how I want, where I want, and you can't do anything about it. It's rampant. It's mamish. It's a flood. And you got to go with your, like they had in Houston, you got to go with your boats. 
and your people, and you got to save as many kids as you can. Are you going to stop? Can anyone get up and say, I could stop this Magaifa? No. Moshiach, that's it. Hashem and Moshiach. I don't believe there's a human being in this world that can stop this Magaifa. The Magaifa of drugs, of sexual abuse, of depression, of anxiety, of suicide, of self-mutilation, of cutting, of anorexia, of bulimia, of cancer, divorce, adultery. Who's going to stop this? A lot of it's not. A lot of it's not the parents' fault. There's no. You know what? We wish that you could say cancer comes from smoking because if you don't smoke, you won't get cancer. But it's not. It it could be a bad friend. It could be messed up parents. It could be sexual abuse. It could be learning disabilities. It could be many, many different. It's not one thing. We wish it was one thing. It's not one thing. You You want to say that all kids that don't do well in school kill them? You know, die? No, it's not true. A lot of kids are not doing well in school. They're very much alive, playing ball, having a good time. You say that all kids that went through abuse, there are people that go that I went through abuse, I don't understand that they're not depressed and, and anxious. Everyone, everyone deals, everyone has different sensitivities. Everyone deals with, you know, with, there are people who, who hide it for their whole lives. Did they kill themselves? No. Why not? I don't know why not. Because they deal with pain differently. People come to the dentist, right? When a little bit hurts, they run. Other people tell it's mamash because they, they have a high level for in the physical world there are people who have a high level of, of, of the ability to have pain in the spiritual world is the same way and, and the emotional world is the same way we're all different we're all different but no one's committing suicide the parents didn't buy you a freaking iPhone no one's jumping off a wall like that no one's committing suicide because you're not letting if you want to be with your girlfriend go find a hotel room don't do it in my house if you want to be Machal Shabbos go with your friends don't do it in my house okay I'm jumping off a bridge no no Read the read the read the read the letters from the guys. You know, most of it's overdose, and it's not. They didn't do it on purpose. But read the letters of the the people who committed suicide. It's sexual abuse. It's emotional abuse. It's not saying no to an iPhone, or to your earrings, or to your pants. Nobody killed themselves because they can't wear pants. It's not where it's coming from. You want to you want to go there and say it's because nefesh. Again, I'm not talking to, to, to those parents. Go, do whatever you want. It's your life. It's your business. You'll answer to Hashem. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. I, w- I hope you're not wrong. Whatever it is. But the parents who are not doing that never feel bad what you're doing. You want to bring your children into Gan Eden? You want to do what the Torah says to do? You definitely have tzaddikim that are saying you should do that. They say that the other side, and, and it all came out because there's a tape that's being put around about this, this, this yeshiva in, in, in Eretz Yisrael, and he's saying, but like the, the people are calling me up, it's Yiddish, it's manipulated, why don't you watch it? I'm like, leave me alone. I hold to the yeshiva, I don't want to, what, what do I need to hear it for? Just don't make the bet. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like what we're going through in America. You're not allowed to get up and talk about, about the other people, right? The different people, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Because if you get up and talking about that, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a this, you're a that, you're a bit, bit, But why do we have to be not normal? Because we, because we marry, men marry women, and women marry men. Why does that make me not normal? In other words, you want to do what you want to do, that's your business. But don't tell me that a normal marriage of a, husband, a woman and a man... That's, that's, that, that's, that's the wrong thing. Don't tell me. Don't, don't come into my world. You want to do your stuff? Do your stuff. I mean, this is next week's Shmuth. This is Sadaim. You want to do your stuff? Abraham Avinu said to Lo, you want to do your stuff? You go one way, I go the other way. It's a very interesting watch. I didn't have time tonight to talk about it. Why don't you say to Lo, okay, I think we should separate. Oh, no. You see what the Pusik says? You see what the Pusik says? He doesn't say that. He doesn't just say, okay, Lord, I don't think this is working out with us two. Um, you should go somewhere else. Oh, no. No, when you, when you, when you, when you want to make a, when you want to make a stand for what you stand for, okay? And Abraham Avinu was not falling into Sodom's pit that said, um, that said, yeah, you're going against God. God made him poor. Why are you giving him food? God made him sick. Why are you healing him, Right? Listen carefully. That's how you have to talk. 
This is not working out. You're stealing. Your animals are eating wherever they want. This is not good. You're not. You're not. You're not going to be a good hashkafa on my uh, on my shepherd. But we're brothers, man. Peace. We're brothers. The whole world's in front of you. Now listen to what he says. He parade not me alone. Separate yourself from me. I'm small. If you go left, I mean that I'm going right. I'm yamin basmila. This is pretty. That's not nice talk. You want to go to the right? I'm going left. You want to go to the left? I'm going right. He's making a statement of Ramavino. Ramavino is making a statement. I love you. You're my nephew. You're not bringing your garbage to my shepherds. So whichever way you're going, I'm going the other way. It's a very not nice question. You go right, I'm going left. You go left, I'm going right. That's not right. Hafrido means to totally separate. He said, because Shaddaim, that whole Hevra, right, rationalized that whatever they did was good. And Rama Avinu said, that I can't have near me. Because if you know you're doing wrong, we can live together. You're doing wrong, I'm doing right, we can live together. But once you start to rationalize, what was his rationalization? Why did Lot fit, why did Lot, this is beautiful, why did Lot fit into a land of rationalization? That's why Avram never went to Sedaim to try to fix them. He never went to teach them to, to, to make them out Shuvah. Because they walked around, they had a Torah. The Torah was, listen, if somebody's poor, Hashem made him poor, if you give him to eat, you're going against God, we're going to kill you. If somebody's sick, Hashem made him sick, you heal him, you won't get to God, we'll kill you. So there were big rationalization. When you rationalize, you don't do tshuva because you think you're doing the right thing. What, was, what, was, what happened here all of a sudden that Avraham Avinu said, get out of here. If you're going one way, I'm going the other way. In other words, we have to have total separation. What happened all of a sudden? So Lot's animals were grazing in people's fields. They were stealing. Avraham Avinu went to Lot and he said, Lot, my animals are muzzled. What are you doing? And Lot said to Avraham, what are you talking about? God said to you that all the lands belong to you. I'm your nephew. That means all the lands belong to me. So my, my goats are not stealing. They're eating from the land that God promised that belongs to you. Avraham said, Lot, but it's not mine now. It's not, he promised me in the future that I'll have Eretz Yisrael. But right now, it belongs to the Canaan. It's not mine. He said, no, future now, future now. Hashem promised you the land. I am not stealing. When he said that, Avraham said, we're done. You, and that's why he went to Sodom. You're a rationalizer. You don't even think you're doing anything wrong. So it's not like I'm stealing. I'll, I'll, I'll try to work on myself and my, my shepherds. He said, no, we're not doing anything wrong. Hashem gave you the land. Well, so I didn't get the land yet. So no, no, you got the land already. That's when he went like, because Avram doesn't talk like this. You go left, I go right, you go right, I go left. First of all, if, if, if we said you go right, I go left. Okay, we got the message. Right? Hafrido means ripped himself away from him. You're rationalizing? You're stealing? You're rationalizing what you're doing wrong? You're done. You think that's going to bring you to Ganeden? Or it's going to take you to Gehenna? You're rationalizing? There's no one to talk to. So I'm not talking to the rationalization part. I'm talking about to the people who, are, who want to do the right thing. Don't feel bad about what you're doing. You're doing the right thing. And you can stand up, even if you're wrong, in front of Hashem and say, you gave a Torah, I kept the Torah. If my child would have been on the edge of a bridge about to jump, I would have given him what I'm supposed to give him. It's But to say that if I don't give him what he wants now in my house, that it's going to end up in that place? No. And it's not your job to bring him. Not your job to trade for things to bring him baderach. It's not your job. It's his job. You're the coach, as we learned in the beginning. Lech lecha. He has to do the work. The kid has to do the work. I'll love you. I'll love you unconditionally. I'll help you. I'll never hurt you. But you got to do the work. Me buying you chazer is not going to help you. You have to do the work. Lech lecha. 
you have to do you have to leave yourself you have to you have to leave the arets. You, you have to do the work. I'll coach you. I'll love you. I'm your mom. I'm your dad. But you, in the end, you have to do the work. I can't do the work for you. And if you read the article last week in the Mishpacha that I read to everybody, it's exactly what the kid was saying. Like, don't, don't fool me. Don't, don't, don't make believe. I know you're making believe. You hate what I'm doing. So I'm going to do, I got to do what I got to do. I got to get I got to learn. Whatever I got to do, I got to do what I got to do. You can't do it for me. The person has to do it themselves. And that's what makes people real people. And that was Avraham Avinu, the number four. The number four, there was Artikam, Ladukam, Beisavicha, but Lechlecha, he translated, is the number four, physically, Lechlecha, or number one, which this four, is the first one is Lechlecha. Go out of yourself. Go out of your household, go out of your father's house. But the first one is go out of yourself. Step out of yourself. Become who you need to become. Yitzchak Avinu, Avraham Avinu going to the Akedah, the only way you guys are going to make it is if you step out of yourself, because otherwise yourself is going to get in the way. May we all be for to get clarity finally. Mashiach should come and stop this plague, and he should, and should give us total clarity, because I think right now the answer to everybody's question is Teku. Tishbi Yitarit, Kashas Rashailas. Mashiach will be able to answer all our questions. What is the right way? What is the wrong way? But you're hedging your bet. As long as you take care of your kid in the Derech after 120 years, you'll be fine. The other way, man, you're taking a big chance. Because if you're wrong, oh my gosh. Oh, I don't want to be there. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.